All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spending the one and twos as well, too. 877-374-7463 is your number to participate. Or 877-37-GRIND. And as we get into the second hour, I'd like to welcome our affiliate out in Lubbock, 100.7, the Score FM. Welcome to the show. Uh, if you're just tuning in and get with us, keep in mind, if you want to listen to the first hour, you got to do is go to sportsgrindonline.com and you can click to the play button. Uh, but since you're just joining us here, we can tell you what we've been talking about. It's been heavy, just Super Bowl, of course, like everybody else reacting uh, to what we saw. Just been talking about, you know, in regards to, in my opinion, um, that was coaching at his best last night in in-game halftime adjustments. Um, coaching matters, and it's going to even only going to get worse. As long the more these rules go to offensively, the more coaching is going to be a real premium that separates. Yes, you got to have a quarterback, but coaching it cannot be underrated and undersold. So we talked about that. Me personally, I thought it was the right call. I think we live in a time where, and again, you and again, it sounds cliche, but the real is these guys are officiating at real speed i mean we're sitting at home and seeing this stuff at about 100 camera camera angles slowed down okay so i feel that the right call was made i think the reaction of social media and everybody saying oh this is they cost them the game and the reps this was a good game and the reps came in no i like i said levels to everything in life nothing even in the same neighborhood as that Saints and Rams NFC Championship game. Nothing. Okay? This was one of those that, hey, you go out. Hell, I forgot who I was listening to, but former players said, hey, first of all, it's a no-no as a defender. You can't wear, I think they were saying, you wear a certain shade of color uniform. Like, if you you can't wear dark gloves that stand out from your uniform because it's little nuance like that that's going to get attention I mean, no different to somebody basically riding a bike at night. You got to have the reflectors, you know? Okay. So Except you see here, that you don't want the reflectors. Right. You don't want to be seen. Exactly. Look, man. And he said it afterwards and, and props to him. Cause that's the first time I've ever heard a cornerback or any player in a quote unquote controversial call, man. up say, Hey man, he did make the right call. I was just hoping he got away with it. He stood up there after losing a Super Bowl. I think him and the head coach, Nick Sirianni, I think they handled it perfectly. And, no, I don't think that that – because if he doesn't hold, Juju has a touchdown. He has a Super Bowl touchdown, you know. I didn't see the flag when it came in until after the play. And then, the you know, you see Patrick point like, hey, man, that's a hold. But it is what it is, you know. But, I, you know, credit to Patrick. I mean, it's – you know, I did talk about in the first hour that, you know, he's not even in his prime yet. Um, he's accomplished some things quicker than anybody has that's played this game. I compared that. I remember hearing that for the last 15, 10 years about a man from Akron, Ohio. Okay. So it, it's special. I also talked about the AFC. It puts the AFC West, the Raiders, and everybody's at threesome on that one. Everybody's at a three-piece, except for the Chargers. They don't count. They're paying rent. They, they don't even own their own property. They, the bottom line is Raiders, Kansas City, to me, and they've got the right antidote of the guy coming, which we'll get to him and Sean, that won't need radio guy based out of San Antonio saying that. He will be circulating that in that building. 
And it's probably the perfect thing that happened for him that the Chiefs did end up winning the Super Bowl. He's cut from Bill Parcells, and that's the, that, that's the type of stuff he can go for. But it also is about getting the bros and Joes right and healthy. Because Kansas City Chiefs, not just the West. I, I mean, I don't even think it's just the AFC West. I think in the AFC in general, they've been running laps around everybody in the front office. If your front office isn't right and your ownership isn't right or you don't have an owner, you can't win. And you don't need Adrian to tell you that. Okay? You can't win. And they've been blessed. And they've gone through some tough times in KC. I mean, this didn't happen overnight. You know, they had some good teams with Alex Smith. There were some times before Andy showed up. It was some basically lean years, some disappointing years in Kansas City. You know, so there's no quick way there. You got to take the stairs, as we've said on this show before. There's no elevator for a lot of this stuff, especially in the NFL. But on the losing side with the Eagles, I just feel like, you know, this is a situation where I've always said, because they've had success, how do you deal with success? How do you handle success? And can you build on that? And can you keep the momentum going? Because if anything has ever taught us, all you got to go is do is look at the great Dan Marino. I remember it like it was yesterday, even though I was like only like eight years, nine years old at the high, 10 years old at the time, however old I was. Everybody talking. It wasn't even media like now, like the Super Bowl. I mean, like the NFL's cover now, but everybody, hey, man, that can you, Dan's working. He'll get back. Look at this talent. And of course, with having Don Shula, you were just going to assume they were going to get back. But the front office said, you know what, man? He's got Clayton. He's got Dupree. We got all that. We don't need to give him a running game. Never gave him a running game. Never got back. So we can sit there and see how promises in for Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. There's no guarantee you can get back to this game. Whether it be injury, whether it be coaching change, whether it just be, you know, it could be anything. 877-374-7463. Now that we've got Lubbock in the house, you know, something I've been meaning to ask um, before we get back, because there's some things I want to touch on with the NFL and the Super Bowl before we leave. But before I slip my mind, you know, Texas Tech got a very crucial win this weekend against Kansas State. I think Kansas State's ranked number 12, and they got a win at home against them. Um, and that sets up, they've got Texas, number six in the country, coming in tonight to Lubbock, University of Texas. But it was surprising to me when I looked down Saturday and even going to that team. And look, it's well documented. This is not a this is a conference that's not for the faint heart in basketball this year. It, it, the Jay Billises of the world, Dick Vitale, all these people, these experts have dubbed Big 12 probably the toughest conference in the country. And I've been telling you, it is hard as hell to win on the road. But it was shocking to me when I looked at they only had one conference win going into that game against Kansas State. They won that game, so they're taking only two. And, and to me, I just wonder, what is the expectations of Red Raider Lubbock basketball now? Because the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, this is a team I understand under Chris Beard, the whole country. I mean, you know, look, the guy made his faith. It is what it is. He's no longer employed by the University of Texas, but make no mistake about him. Him being what ha what transpired over the last few years between the University of Texas and Tech, it had a little bit more juice if Chris Beard was on the sideline tonight in that game in Austin. But regardless of him not being there anymore, 
I felt there was a certain standard that was reached when they went to the final for the title game a few years ago under him. And I understand with the transfer portal, but I'm just trying to think there's got to, that's, and again, it's a tough conference. You know, I know they've lost some few games, but there's got to be a standard to be this late in the season and only have two conference wins in the Big 12. So tonight, it, it, you know, Texas is not immune to it. I know that they've got the number six team in the country. Tough to win on the road. So we'll see how that plays out tonight. But we'll see if Texas Tech can get some momentum after they beat Kansas State, 12th team in the country. Also, uh, switching back to football in the Super Bowl before we move on to the other off-the-field NFL news. A couple things that go along with the Super Bowl is always the halftime show. And the anthem. And I know on Facebook Live, Carl's checking in. It says, great performance, both the anthem and halftime. Uh, yeah, the anthem was probably better than what I thought it was going to be. I mean, it was okay. I'm not familiar with that gentleman who was uh, doing the anthem. I know he's on the countryside, right? Yeah, Chris yeah. Stapleton's some good listening, if, if okay. that's your scene. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, I'm well-diversed in music. I mean, I, I'm more, if, if I would do, I mean, I've never in my life bought a country album, but I would say that I'm, well diverse in music to know that we've got a new type of country that's here on the scene that even some of our purists if you go back to the Dolly Parton day even the George you don't have to go that old go to George Strait Garth Brooks it ain't that no it's more bro country yeah you know and and, and again I'm old school as a general but I, I country's not my thing but there's some old 90s country songs they go oh that's what that is you know you know it wasn't my chair after all things like that that's my house and that's my car. Things like that. Well diverse. But I wasn't familiar with that gentleman yesterday. But he did do a good job, Anthem. Can you imagine that extra? Pre- I mean, there's 130 million people. I don't know what the numbers are exactly, but just say over 100. We know that. Watching every. And in, in, in a society, 70 to 80% of the people, whether we want to admit it, are tuning in to something to see if they see, to see a train wreck. If something happens, does he forget a note? Or she does he or she voice crack. That's pressure. They can rehearse all they want to, but when them lights go on and them F-14 fighters and everything go around, it, it's it's game time. Same thing with the uh, you know the halftime performance. You know, uh, I got to see Michael Strahan sit down interview with Riri uh, in the pregame show early on, just a little bit of her the interview, and she just talked about. It. She's like, look, I haven't got over the nervousness yet. It just with me. That's I've been performing for long. And keep in mind, you know, I know some people. For the most part, I've seen good reviews. I know the things come out that hey, she's pregnant now. She didn't know that. She has another bump. I'm like, damn, she wasted no time because she just had her kid like a few months ago, or like maybe like not a few months ago, but it's been a while. Those are best back to back. Okay. But not bad for a woman that hasn't really performed like in six years. And not only that, the people that's being critical. And do you know that they had a prop bet? I think they had a prop bet over. First of all, on the total number of songs that she was singing, I think she hit eleven. I forgot what they said the over the total was. I think she's actually. Uh, I heard a report this morning: thirteen songs in thirteen minutes. Okay, thir- and I think they said it at seven or eight songs, so she went over. But I feel the. And there has, I think there's been more praise than criticism, but I think from the criticism of people that either, and I'm not that huge of a Rihanna fan, but even if, but I've got a lot of respect for it, but even if those people that are saying, oh, well, the performance, think about what else she was up against. Not only just being, carrying a child, but she also had, look, I've never been to a Rihanna concert. But I've seen the footage leaked. And the one thing that she's had to do amongst that whole Super Bowl halftime show, 
is keep it PG-13 and clean, which is not that easy from Rihanna giving her fan base what she wants, what they want, especially the male side. That that wasn't easy to do, too, because we all know ever since Janet Jack, uh, Janet Jackson's Breasts is Gate, Areola gate, whatever you want to call it, the FCC changed the game. So the people that's being critical of Miss Rihanna noticed that she had to keep it clean. Even though she started, I think, with B, I'd have my money. I think she started with that song. But for the most part, she kept it clean. They had her elevated. And not only that, the other thing is there's so much an artist can do at halftime to outdo whatever we've seen. Okay. I mean, that's the that's the reality of it. I you know, I've seen people come in from the, the, the down from the sky. I mean, what else can you do? I thought she did a good performance. I mean, in my opinion, I knew that she was lip syncing for the most part. I could tell that, but it still sounded audio. And what do you expect? I mean, the woman is caring and this is just what it is, you know, but I thought she did a good job in keeping it clean of what she had to do. And that's if you're not normal, if, it, if it's not normal for you having to worry about those things, then yeah, that's an adjustment as well, too. The other part before I want to move on from the Super Bowl is what we even talked a little bit about, because I know Jonas has been extra critical over the years. And even though we have looked at it, you know, I'd have to give a borderline list a little bit above golf clap for the commercials this year. I think this is probably probably the best set i mean it wasn't totally like you know back to back this is just this is just bad no i wouldn't like that but if you compare the last two or three years they really stepped up the game and not only for seven million dollars a 30 second spot but i think the creativity was bought back a little bit did you have a favorite one that you saw because you've been very critical of the of the commercials at super bowl over the last couple years yeah i mean uh They've been lackluster. I think my favorite one, uh, to be honest, I'm a big Breaking Bad fan. So the Popcorners uh, potato chip or, you know, uh, kind of like a Dorito um, with Walter okay. and Jesse. Uh, okay. They were kind of making it in a trailer and, and the callback to Breaking Bad. That was probably my favorite. But my favorite line from the whole thing was uh, the Snoop Dogg Skechers commercial. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and <laughs> where he's going through all these things, but... But where he's riding his bike and delivering newspapers, and he says, "Get that paper," and he yeah, throws the newspaper. You to the, that was amusing. Uh, that, that was hilarious. I feel you. Um, I thought the Dorito commercial would. I think it was Dorito. I think the one with Jack Harlow was pretty funny. I think uh, definitely the. Um, I think the rock star one was pretty funny with the old rocker. Because you think about it, that terminology they throw around all the time. And you're a like, rock star. Like, you're a rock star, man. Good performance. That's a rock star performance. I thought that was creative. That was that brought me more back of like 90s, early 2000s creativity. Thought that was funny. Um, it was definitely more about cameos, though. I felt like it was very cameo heavy. That particular commercial? Well, that one, but also just spread throughout. But that's, but that's, what, you, that's what people want. That's what people want. People don't want to see regular Joe people that they don't know. Try to, they want to see their stars or their people that they look in a vulnerable position. Um, I didn't catch really too much the J-Lo and Ben Affleck one, the Dunkin' Donuts. I, I know that I've seen it online before, like the preparation he was working there. Didn't get to see that one too much. 
um, what was the other one that I thought was pretty, uh, well, the, the, the kind of emotional tearjerker, maybe just me being a dog lover when I'm going through a tank, but the dog one of the dog, seeing the dog get older with the kid that goes to school and whatever, that was, that was one of those, that was, that was a decent one, but I thought overall, um, it was pretty good. What happened with the Gronk kick? What did they actually do? I mean, I thought this was something that they were actually going to go. This was like really happening. They just, oh, that was it. What happened with this? Yeah, that was the biggest disappointment of the night. The uh, it, it ended up being somewhere in the desert, and they said that it was live. I don't know if it was live, but they said it was live. And it's him and like 15 other people just in the middle of the desert. He kicks it. It looks like it goes through, I but they said, that they, they said that he missed it. Um, and so it was a big failure, and that was, and it just disappeared. Hmm. I was really hoping he'd do it uh, at the game itself during halftime because that was the whole kind of push. Yeah, I mean, you could have distracted the crowd while you're getting ready for the Rihanna show with that on one side of the field or something. But yeah, it was, it, it was for all the buildup. It was bad. Okay, but for overall, who do we think? What is the brand of the product or the industry? And you can think about this as we go to break. And I ask you, what is the product or industry or brand that dominated last night? And we basically had the most commercial that kind of dominated the scene. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that. 877-374-7463. When we get back, we'll talk a little off the field NFL news as well before we transition into basketball. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. You can call it your lucky partner. Maybe you can call it your adjective. But odd as it may be, without my one and two, where would there be my three? All right, back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spin the one and twos. 
Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pillin Whiskey. Keep in mind, Pillin Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before bottling glacier fed spring water is added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Pillin Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and rich, complex flavor. Keep in mind, Pillin Whiskey is the official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association and the official whiskey of the professional bull riding PBR Velocity Tour. And it's the official whiskey and sponsor of the Sports Grind. 877-374-7463. Got a little De La Soul playing there, man. We got some, you let me know probably about 20 minutes before we went on air that we had uh, we got some sad news in the hip-hop community. What happened now? Uh, yeah. Um, trending on Twitter, RIP Dave today. Um, um, you know, Dave, one of the founding members of uh, De La Soul, uh, went under the stage name uh, Trugoy the Dove, mm-hmm. uh, passed away at 54 today. Mm. Um, following the BBC News report, he had been uh, previously been spoken pu- uh, spoken publicly about his congestive heart failure in recent years. Um, I, I, they don't name that as the cause, right? Um, but as you know, reports are coming out, uh, he passed away yesterday. Sad situation. Yeah, sad situation. That age is what really gets me. I've been saying this seriously and semi-jokely, but it's real. You know, uh, people from our community that looks like me, I mean, from our age group, I mean, that's kind of close to my age group, but we're we're just not living as long as as my dad's generation for the most part. It's just something that's totally different. Um, Wasn't a big De La Soul fan, but I understood, and I I always had respect from them from hip hop can't say I bought De La Soul's albums but I know who they are and they, I mean they're they're one of their they're part of hip hop history so thoughts and prayers rest in peace uh to him and his family I mean you know it's again it's just and I was I was having this conversation with AC over the weekend it's just crazy man it's just like um speaking of that Super Bowl last night um the the commercial with Billy uh Billy Idol in there God, he's. Oh, I mean, yeah, the rock, the like, rock you, star. You, yeah, you yeah. know. He, well, no, his was his was he the rock star one or was his different one? He might have been. That might yeah, be the one. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I was right. a rock star. I've destroyed you're so right. many hotel you're rooms. Right. It is the one that one. I mean, I'm looking at him like, damn. And I was a kid when Billy uh, Idol was huge, but it's just the fact that we're just getting older. It's it's crazy, man. Because I'm seeing more of these people that grew up on, and especially the hip hop community that's just dead. They're just gone. It's just the price of just getting older. It's life. It's like, but I think when you're like, in my opinion, when you're like in your teens and 20s and all through your 20s and teens, you really don't look at that. Even most of 30, it's when you hit 40, that's when it starts. You start noticing things like this, especially when it's people in your generation that passes. So sad news in regards to that. Um, Before, just a couple of uh, off the field uh, situations here uh, regarding the NFL. Um, the Colts have finally found their man. Now, they've got to get a contract agreed upon. And keep in mind, this is a franchise that's been left at the altar before by Josh McDaniels. Now, I don't know what the reason what that was is. You know, there was this long seven-hour meeting that took place between Josh McDaniel, Robert Kraft, and, you know, Bill Belichick. And all of a sudden, he told Ballard, like, nah, I changed my mind. I didn't know if he'd ever recover from that, but obviously he did. He got the Raiders job. Uh, but they're going with. The offensive coordinator Jonas uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, reportedly, reportedly, uh, Shane Steichen is 
who the Colts are going to settle with. Schefter, four hours reporting, uh, four hours ago reporting. Uh, and so Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon will interview today for the Cardinals head coach job, while Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen is going to Indianapolis to finalize his head coach deal with the Colts. Eagles are losing two, um, of course, at least one, and maybe both of their coordinators. Um, the one thing about that is, you know, with the Colts, they there's something with Ursay and the ownership with the Eagles, Jeffrey Lurie. There's something because they do a, they've done a lot of business over the last few years. <laughs> Coaches like, hey, okay, I'll go get your offensive coordinator, Frank Wright, as a head coach. Oh, okay. Well, I'll go get your, uh, you know, I'll go get Sykton, your offensive coordinator this year. Oh, you don't want that quarterback? We'll trade for your quarterback you don't want. Ursay, if he's proven anything to me in the last two years, especially in the last 12 to 14 months, he has major, first of all, he's he doesn't like change. He's comfortable in his, he has a very small circle. He doesn't like change and he has trust issues. And the thing is, is there's something about the Eagles and only wanting to do business with them. Keep going back to them. There's something to that. OK, now I'm not saying he's this kid not qualified. Well, this grown man, he's not a kid. This man that's not qualified. I mean, hell, he's young, though. He's only what? Like, uh, I think he's probably I don't know how old he's like, maybe 32, 31. I think he's pretty young. Uh, but the fact that it took so long, I mean, the Arizona situation. He's 37, by the 37, way. 37? Still kind of not that young. Getting ahead. I mean, not as young as, you know, McVay was when he took over, or, you know, but he's still, you know, under 40. But I just feel that the Colts and Arizona situation really was more about the ownership and the, unsta- uh, the, the, stable, the stability of the ownerships up top. That took them this long, the more did. We just have our guy circled and he's on the Chiefs or he's on the Eagles. Now, some of that, what I just said, can be debunked by saying that based off the fact that they're, you know, Ursay has a history of going back to the Eagles. So these jobs should be filled by the end of this week as we go into the next phase to get ready for the combine. Um, also, uh, making news in regards to coaching news and stuff like that. Um, the Jets, okay, they've made another hire, all right? They've gone and um, hired Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator Todd Downing, uh, and they're giving him the position of game day coordinator, not offensive coordinator. That Now, the, the deal with this is because I've already seen this report that uh, he has ties to Tannehill. Also, you know, there's a situation that we know they went and hired Hackett as the offensive coordinator with the ties of rumors with Aaron Rodgers. So I don't know if it's like, hey, Aaron Rodgers falls through. Maybe we can call Tennessee. Maybe we can get something with Tannehill. The Woody, the owner of the Jets, the head coach, Sala, the whole gang, the, the whole gang green, they have screamed to the rooftops that nobody in the building believes in Zach Wilson. They're not even trying to make this a secret. So to me, they're to the point of no return that if it ain't Aaron Rodgers, it's going to have to be somebody because I don't understand where the guy, a kid that obviously had confidence issues and obviously taking adjustment to the media, how to play in New York compared to coming from BYU 
It's obvious to me that how can you act like this and then expecting him to gain confidence and even have the respect to that locker room? It's obviously know that it's just they punting on it. And the only thing I will say, if they really do move on from this guy, which everything looks that way, that's going to be two first and second overall picks at quarterbacks in the last what seven eight years maybe 10 years that they have had to punt on early uh within the last five years uh darnold third overall and then uh, wilson second okay overall. i went a little bit too far because i lose track of my timeline but yeah i knew it was back-to-back recent not good not good so they've made that higher um, also speaking off the field, uh, news as well too. um, Sean Payton, you know, Jay Glazer broke yesterday morning that Sean Payton has interviewed Rex Ryan for the defensive coordinator position. I think that's kind of funny based off of Rex Ryan, which I didn't get the chance to see what he said. I didn't watch too much pregame yesterday, but you know, in regards to he was beating on his chest and the table that, you know, Sean, there was no way he was taking this job. And then he sat down for an interview. Hey, I don't, I mean, you know, Rex as a head coach, I mean, he went to two AFC championship games with Mark Sanchez and a running game. Um, he's part of that 01 Ravens uh, defensive history, one of the best defensive of all time. And he's always, he's maybe not a head coach, but he can coach defense. Um, so I wouldn't really have a problem with that. I mean, it just adds to getting an experienced coaching staff. I really feel like it's probably going to be uh, the brother out of Seattle that ends up getting it. Um, you know, I can't imagine. I mean, you know, if Rex would take that job, I mean, obviously there's some interest to it if you sat down and talked to him. But if you would take that job, you know, keep in mind, Rex has been in TV now already for what, like six years, five years? He's been in TV for a while. So to come back out of TV for a coordinator job and not a head coaching job when you've had a total of two and you were last fired as the Buffalo Bills head coach, I couldn't say it would be a shock to me, would be kind of surprised. But again, if you follow the connection, Sean Payton had his brother Rob Ryan with New Orleans, which Rob Ryan is nowhere like his brother or his daddy. Rob Ryan, all he's known for is caring about a 12-pack of keg in his stomach. And having a long hair and just like, I can't, like, well, how does he even, I mean, how does he even walk into interviews? Oh, Rob, Ron, like the Saints defense was trash under Rex. I mean, Rob, the couple years. And if I'm not mistaken, Rob, didn't Rob have a stint with the Cowboys at one time too? Didn't they have Rob Ryan? Dallas that fans sounds to, right. Dallas fans got to help me out. I might be totally off on that, but if I'm not mistaken, I thought he stopped at Cal Dallas for a cup of coffee as well, too. I could be wrong on that one. But his brother, his older brother, is interviewing for the Denver Jets. Was I right? Uh, yeah, 2011 to 2000, 2012. Yeah, and their defense was trashed that year. I remember that. So, good with one, good with one Ryan. Rex, not so much Rob. So you've got that going on. The other news in the NFL that kind of took shape yesterday uh, that kind of went on, um, Derek Carr. I've got to give a lot of credit. I've been one of his biggest critics, but I've also defended the guy back in the day, you know, but I've been one of his biggest critics of late from what y'all have heard of me. But I've got to give him a lot of credit, and I've got to give his agent a lot of credit, you know, for sitting there saying, hold on, Josh. Hold on, Mark. Not so fast, my friend. I've done everything y'all wanted me to do. First of all, I've done everything this organization has wanted me to do, Mark. 
I've carried the Raiders shield with pride. I've taken criticism for problems that might not be because solely mine or I'm responsible for. I've gone through three or four coordinators. I've done everything you wanted me to do. You made it clear that, you know, you benched me the last two weeks of the season. I've done everything. But what I'm not going to do, okay, is let you off the hook that easy. He gave me that old haul of notes. I can't go for that. He said, the hell with that, man. I'm due a $34 million or somewhere around bonus if I'm there, like, I think Tuesday. Tomorrow was the deadline. 40.4. 44. And that's uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. His agent and Derek said, wait a minute. They've already given you permission to go flirt and, and look at other teams that could be potentially wanting to trade for you. And like how other smart GMs and uh, offices that's on their on their, you know, P's and Q's that understand even like this is another thing. If you're a GM in the NFL, not only do you have to worry about your own backyard and your own house, you got to stay in tune of what's going on in other teams. So, you know, exactly you don't overreact on something. You don't overpay for something in a trade. You don't do that. You've got to know the scenarios. And that's just why they make eight figure money. Some of them guys, that's just the reality of it is. But the reality of it is, is that they're looking like, well, wait a minute. We didn't let you go out and flirt. You didn't met with the Saints. You done this. Wait a minute. Let's call their bluff. We are in Vegas. Let's see if they want to gamble. If they don't out-release me, they're going to have to give us that 40-plus million. We know they don't want to do that. So why not have our own choice? So what, what Derek Carr did is say we are not – he has a no-trade clause. And how Derek got that, I have no idea. I've got to find out who his agent is. But the reality is he said, no, I'm not, I'm not accepting any trade. I'm going to wait it out. So either you're going to pay me that money, which is not happening, or you're going to have to release me. And then they, and I could probably get more money or a new contract out there on the open market on how hungry and thirsty teams are going to be for quarterbacks. He's created a whole new market for himself. Props to him on that. I'm still sticking with, I believe, when the dust settles, He's going to end up in Carolina. He might still end up in New Orleans. I know you liked him in New Orleans. You could make it make sense. But to me, I feel like, well, I can't really say that because I'm saying, well, if you really wanted to go, if it was going to be New Orleans, why wouldn't you accept a trade to New Orleans? But then at the end of the day, if New Orleans really wanted you, you can start a bidding process. You can get more money, maybe a new contract. You still end up going to New Orleans. I'm going to say he ends up in uh, with the Panthers. Well, even beyond that, the CBS Sports reporting on this uh, notes that the Saints cap situation wouldn't have been uh, cohesive to a trade. Okay. Um, so they're uh, they're reporting. Uh, I'll get I'll get my guy here, uh, Jordan Jordan Dejani of CBS Sports reporting um, that. Uh, Sunday, Carr had, had informed the Raiders that he would not accept any trade, you know, of course, um, to any team expecting to be released. Uh, it was uh, the 31-year-old recently visited with the New Orleans Saints, who are one of many teams in the market for a new quarterback this offseason. Uh, it was uh, a preset term that there was going to have to be some kind of a trade agreed to or terms agreed to for the Saints to even meet with them. But it looks like, you know, after probably after talking, I think he spent two days in New Orleans after working things out with them, it's like, oh, okay, okay, but how can we work this contract situation? And they're like, well, you're going to have to start from the bottom. We're going to have to work you out with a new deal. We can't accept a trade. Well, 
I mean, however it works out for him, I'm just giving the man credit for him and his agent because the one time he had some leverage and the one time probably since he's been a Raider um, that he's had leverage, it's this point that he pretty much went ahead and, and took advantage of that. Um, so you got to give him credit on that because that doesn't, I mean, especially a quarterback that you really don't want anymore in your organization or you don't want starting for you. It's very rare that, that in that situation a quarterback would have this leverage, but he does. Again, I don't know how you give Derek Carr a no-trade clause, and that just shows you really going back to, you know, the 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 previous front office, Mayock, and Gruden, it kind of lets you know till maybe how dysfunctional, <coughs> excuse me, that Mike Mayock was. I mean, why in a situation, even look at think about that before we move on. Even though you know when when John Gruden showed up to the Raiders and in the in the process of moving to Vegas, you even knew John Gruden had a reputation of dating a bunch of different quarterbacks or not knowing if 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 Carr was still going to be the guy. I don't know when the last contract he got. I think it was under that regime. It was going into last year. Yeah, okay. So last year was his first year on the contract. Then I've got to look at that. Then that that isn't Mayock that did that. Then that would be their current GM that did that. Mm -hmm. And he comes from the Patriots tree, if I'm not mistaken. I can't think of his name, but I think if I'm not mistaken, he had like a player personnel development or something in New England. So to me, that's shame on them then. That's, That's crazy. Like, why would you give that? That's a take a L on that one. I mean, in your young GM career, I'm glad you pointed that out. That's just that's that's crazy. Well, we know we won't have to worry about them getting the four first out of that division. How the hell do you do that? No, even on even radio, God know way down in the 210 in San Antonio, when John Gruden showed up, especially I kept saying who he stole out of the quarterback room in New England. That it was going to be the writing was on the wall. Like, hey, you're going to get one year or you're getting a half a season. I'm surprised they didn't go to Stidman earlier, halfway through, because I think this was always in the plan that Josh is going to look like, hey, I've got to get my guy that kind of knows the system. So why in the hell? And you know what also that shows me? One hand not knowing what the other one's doing. Josh and the GM, even though he handpicked him and wanted him to be told, Mark, I want that as my GM. Y'all are really not on the, the, in my opinion, y'all are not on the same wavelength if you allow that GM to give him in last, just the last year, a no trade clause in his contract. He that helped, is crazy. He helped the team to be a, to a nine, a 10 and seven record last year, not this past season, the season before that earned him the deal with Passaccia. I will add to that. I will comment to that when we get back. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. 877-374-7463 is your number. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this... It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. 
Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.